Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Two U.S. Open Cup semifinals. An all-MLS affair between the Houston Dynamo and Real Salt Lake. It's loose in front and tapped home. The Dynamo lead in the semifinal. Cross gets in there. Caicedo keeps us alive for Bassi. Back for Caicedo. It's over. Houston is going to the U.S. Open Cup final. It's Inter Miami. It's FC Cincinnati hoping to do what they couldn't do six years ago, and that's get through the semi into the final. Acosta ricochets through for Bupenza. Here's Lucho Acosta waiting for it. Wowie, what a night last night was. Had just about everything, and now it sets up for an enticing final between Inter Miami and the Houston Dynamo. The Open Cup final, one of the oldest competitions in the entire world. The third oldest, Chris? Is that yeah, what you just I told believe me? It's the only the Scottish oldest? and the English FA Cups are older wow. than the Lamar Hunt US Open Cup. September 27th on Paramount Plus. And here for more reacts to last night, let's welcome in our very own Nico Cantor from Cincinnati. Nico, thank you so much for staying late for us, first of all. Uh, you look pretty toasty on the sidelines last night. Have you managed to cool down in some nice AC since then? Man, yesterday was rough. And I'm from Miami. I feel like I should have been used to it. It was it was up there. There was no breeze in the stadium, but I've, I've managed to refresh. <laughs> Thanks, guys. There we go. Just <laughs> uh, yeah, it was rough. And that's like only like one second. But I'm happy that I didn't come off as shiny as I thought I was coming because there were moments that there were the beads of sweat. <laughs> Nico, you, you know what wouldn't have let you down? Tell me. Degree. <laughs> <laughs> you could have used that, well, man. I, I, 
Someone, someone's got to send some degree on the road to help me out. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. You know who you did let down, though? Charlie. He said if you didn't get an interview with Leo Messi, don't come back. Have you forgiven him, Chuck, yet? I, I, I just, you know what? I just thought my man Nico has so much sway with his words. He can convince anyone. Great, gift of the gab, as they would say. But you couldn't use your relationship with Benjamin Kramaski and even your new best friend, Joseph Martinez, to get that interview? Listen, bro, I'm, I know I, can, I have sway, I have a certain charm, but it doesn't work always. <laughs> and, and Inter-Miami's pretty tough with, with Messi. So we get another chance. There's a final. So maybe with CBS we come in clutch. I don't know. But uh, they've, they haven't been – they really haven't given Messi – those those post-match interviews, those flash interviews, um, only at the beginning. Um, but you would have thought getting to the final, he would have been willing to speak. But, uh, man, you're, you're asking for the whole shebang. It's like you, you, you didn't even give me, like, I'm steps rooting to for get you, Nico. there. If there's anyone that's yeah, going to do it for us, it's going to be We always shoot for the top. Shoot for the stars. That's what we do here. But, hey, you did a, a fantastic job. You, you know that. That's, that's one thing that you, you always do. You're, you're committed 100%, and I love the interviews that you did bring to the table. <laughs> but, Nico, but so, so tell us about the, the atmosphere, obviously, at the stadium. It was piping hot, but the, the, the Bailey bringing the energy, bringing the noise, and just the overall – just tell us what it was like being in that stadium for that incredible cup time. So I had never been to Cincinnati before, and it was Susanna who – warned me about the Bailey at first and man did it live up to expectations I mentioned in, the, in one of the pregame hits that what I love about Messi is that it makes the world kind of look into certain jewels of American soccer and Cincinnati is definitely one of them they're doing something super cool here um, the fans are committed they're devoted to the whole FC Cincinnati cause the Bailey's awesome so it's like a standing room only section and it kind of goes like diagonally up reminded me a little bit like reminded me a little bit of the yellow wall in 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 germany the yellow wall though is, is unbelievably ginormous obviously um but it it does have that 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 feel where everybody is committed and they all all the chants are sung with the flares with the smoke bombs it's it's cool there's a lot of culture in in cincinnati and they they're really prideful of of that culture in in their chants and the way that they carry themselves so uh it's a shame for them that they lost but it was loud in there man the the yuya kubo equalizer in extra time right in front of the bailey it was unbelievable messi was booed by the way yes every time he touched the ball he was booed and, and did you get it the perspective from the fans that they thought they may have won this game did you feel that everyone was holding their breath or did you think that Cincinnati did enough given how the game was going that this was going to end with Cincinnati heading to the U.S. Open Cup final look I, I even I, I think even if you look at Pat Noonan's substitutions it says that hey look we were in a point of, of we had an advantage we want to close this game out um, and he took a risk. He took off Acosta, he took off Bupenza, and he took off Brendan Vasquez. I get Brendan Vasquez and Bupenza. You want to refresh your nine, they can give you so much, right? But he took off Lucho Acosta in the 89th minute. He was one minute away from seeing the game out, Pat Noonan was. 
And then Inter-Miami tied, and he had to play 30 more minutes without his best player. That's the risk you have to take. I imagine Lucho Acosta uh, wasn't happy. But at the end of the day, look at his face there. Oof, wow, I hadn't seen that. That's That head shake is, uh, is pretty telling. But they turned off for one second, and it was the repeated formula, Leo Messi to Leo Campana, Leo Leo action, and, and then they had to suffer. What you could sense, though, Chuck, was even though Inter-Miami went up 3-2, at one point, again, they shifted down a couple of gears. They were gassed, man. You could tell that they were tired from not even in the extra time. They were tired 45 minutes into the game. And then even though that spark gave them a little boost, they started falling back and back and back. And and that's when the Cincinnati crowd started pushing, man. That was It was awesome to see. You know, when you see a crowd has that sense, that football feeling, it's, it's great to see. Nico, I would just say the Brennan Vasquez sub was a puzzler to me because you brought on Sergio Santos, who had not scored or assisted since April 22nd. That, that's, mm. I know what he gives you in terms of pace and running behind, but no, a, a, a striker with no confidence is a striker who's not going to get you anything. So the, the impact of him was, was wastefulness in front of goal, and that's what we got. Man, I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, the, the thing is, this is the, the crazy thing about soccer, right? That if Campana hits that header wide or Messi over hits that cross, if if that shot is saved by Alec Khan, we wouldn't be talking about this, right? Because they were it was quite literally, what, 45 seconds away from winning the game, from being in a U.S. Open Cup final. Um, but, but I understand that at the end, of, you need to be precautionary about the impact of your subs. And playing a 30 extra minutes without Lucho Acosta, that is, seeing him live is so impressive. Man, Chuck... He, if Alexis was making fun of you for being small, I don't want to see what Alexis has to say about Lucha Costa because he is tiny, man. He is very small. And the fact that so much quality can come out out of such a small footballer is is incredible. Um, and to see him live was awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, man. Those, those 30 extra minutes without Vasquez Acosta were tough. Uh, Nico, just before we look ahead to the final and what this will mean in Miami, what's your time been like in Cincinnati? Because you went to a bakery yesterday, is that right? Where you had a look at the cookies and they were selling all Leo Messi uh, biscuits. But then the next day they had a couple of Cincinnati players on there too. Creating change, Yeah, so Nico. we kind of... Yeah, thanks. We kind of did a little bit of this uh, journalistic investiga investigation, <laughs> quote unquote, uh, with our producer, Manu. We, we saw this article because there was a bit of an uproar that this local bakery, pretty known in the area, made messy cookies. They kind of like hop on trends, you know, when the Bengals are playing, it's a big game. They'll do like a Joe Burrow cookie, et cetera, et cetera. And then they made a messy cookie before they had even done a Lucha Costa cookie. And that's what I like about FC Cincinnati fans, man. They are, they are, they really feel for their team. They're devoted. They're on the FC Cincinnati train or the FC train, as they call it here in Cincinnati. And 
yeah, they made the baker hear it. They weren't happy that why why does the opposition get a cookie before we do? And we went, we talked to the to the owner of the bakery. It's his family's bakery, and you know what? He realized what he had done, and he understood the uproar from the fans. And yesterday, he made a Lucho Acosta cookie that we went back to go get. And tomorrow we're gonna have Lucha Costa cookies and Messi cookies for you guys to enjoy. I'm waiting for you. Oh, thank you. Just when I'm not here, I love that. Yeah, me either, actually. Save me one. And that's actually one of the things that stood out to me about the game yesterday was just how much orange and blue there was in the stadium. Because we've seen when Messi has been traveling with this team for the games that he's been there, it's been all pink and black, hasn't it? But the Cincinnati fans were were just absolutely dominant last night. But what about the final, though, Nico? Because now it's Miami's first chance to win silverware in Miami since Messi's arrival. What is that going to look like at Drive Pink Stadium? And are you surprised that it's going to be at their stadium and not at a big NFL uh, stadium where they could sell it out? Yeah, um, so it looks like it's going to be at Drive Pink Stadium, right? If I'm not mistaken, Jorge Mas, the owner of the club, maybe one time might have teased that they were looking to do it at Hard Rock Stadium. But what the club has told us that it's going to be at Drive Pink Stadium right now. And lifting silverware in front of your home crowd would be awesome for Miami. In fact, funny enough, they're going to present the League's Cup trophy to the fans next Saturday when they play their first MLS game at home with Messi. Um, And ironically enough, it's going to be against Nashville, the team that they beat in in the League's Cup final. So the, the city, Miami, I mean, Chris can even speak more to this, but from the feeling I get when I'm back home and I'm talking to my friends, there is a different level of buzz in the city. The last time that I felt something like this in the city was when LeBron was on the heat. For sure, for sure. I mean, when the big three arrived in Miami, it was, you know, headline news every single day. But to me, the way that Inter Miami, because the NBA and the Heat had won a championship already, they already had some hold of the market. Inter Miami are a team that came into life during COVID and have struggled at times with their results in Major League Soccer, the way that they have taken over the city. And honestly, last night was just a furthering of that story. The fact that every time you turn on a game, it's must-watch TV, it's drama, it's goals, it's fun. Every single time, it's unreal how much they've delivered. And now they have a chance to host a cup final in a month's time and and really get the whole city going, wait, we're going to win. There's another cup we can win. There's more silverware. How much more can we possibly win with this guy on our team? It really is one of the best advertisements for football, isn't it? Because I'm sure you guys, like I did, was getting texts from people that don't normally watch football that are like, wow, it's actually pretty good. And you're like, you think? <laughs> yeah, we've been telling you for It was for time. free. For free, exactly, Chuck. Nice plug. Nico, thanks so much for joining us. Safe flight home. We'll see you tomorrow. Save some cookies for us, too. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good day. Have a good day. On the plane. (laughs) All right. Stay with us. Still to come here on Morning Footy. Jenny has the day's headlines after the break. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.
Welcome back to Morning Footy presented by Degree. It won't let you down. Here's a look at Thursday's Footy Fix, a bunch of matches in Europe to look forward to on Paramount Plus and the Golasso Network. Vincenzo Italiano's Fiorentina in action later. And then you've got Ludo Goretz against Ajax at 2 o'clock Eastern on Paramount Plus. Jenny, what's the latest with the headlines? What have you got for us? Well, Poppy, in England, Manchester City has bid farewell to a handful of players from their treble-winning side, but City has succeeded in keeping one of their key players in Bernardo Silva. The Portuguese midfielder has signed a contract extension that will keep him at the club until 2026. Silva signed with the Premier League champions in the summer of 2017 and has won 12 major trophies in six seasons and will be key to helping City deal with the long-term absence of injured star Kevin De Bruyne. In transfer news, Leonardo Bonucci is reportedly set to leave Serie A. He has spent his entire storied career playing in his native Italy, but the Euro 2020 hero is reportedly set to embark on a new challenge. According to multiple reports, Bonucci is nearing the completion of a free transfer to Bundesliga side Union Berlin. The 36-year-old left Juventus on a free transfer and will now join an Union side that is playing in the Champions League for the first time. In other transfer news, Croatian World Cup hero Dominic Lubaković is on the move, finalizing a transfer to Turkish giants Fenerbahce. The 28-year-old goalkeeper was one of the standouts in Croatia's run to the 2022 World Cup semifinals and leaves Croatian side Dinamo Zagreb after seven seasons. He joins Fenerbahce after having been linked to Scottish champions Celtic. The transfer is worth a reported $12 million. We go from Europe to the Middle East, where the Saudi Pro League has made a staggering number of big money signings this summer. It is their latest addition that is that should have European giants taking notice. According to multiple reports, Saudi giants Al Ali are finalizing a transfer for Celta Vega star midfielder Gabri Vega on a top young transfer targets in Europe and a player who was on the verge of joining Serie A champions Napoli just days ago. Celta Vega manager Rafa Benitez confirmed the looming move for the 21-year-old Spanish midfielder, a transfer worth a reported $43 million. The group stage draw for the Asian Champions League took place earlier this morning and the Saudi Pro League stars like Cristiano Ronaldo, Neymar, uh, learned their opponents and they seek to add a new trophy to their resumes. Neymar and returning Champions League finalist Al-Hilal have been placed in the group that include teams from India, Iran and Uzbekistan, while Ronaldo and Al Nasser will face clubs from Iran, Qatar and Tajikistan in the group stage, which begins on September 19th. You can watch Neymar and Cristiano Ronaldo in the Asian Champions League on Paramount+, Plus, where you will also be able to watch Lionel Messi in the U.S. Open Cup final on September 27th. Charlie, I don't know, what's more impressive to you, Cristiano Ronaldo winning the Asian Champions League or Messi completing the League's Cup and the U.S. Open Cup double? Come on now. <clears throat> no disrespect to Cristiano Ronaldo and what he's been able to do throughout his career and since he's joined his uh, club in, in Saudi Arabia, but Lionel Messi took this team from zero to hero. I'm saying this team was, had nothing going forward, nothing. 11 games without a win. And now all of a sudden, they've got a trophy and they're in the final to get another trophy. It's incredible what Lionel Messi has done. Is entertained throughout. We're talking eight games and you have not been let down once by Lionel Messi. Even the star cam, you can watch him. He's walking, he's chilling. You're like, this man is, is he, does he care? And all of a sudden, boom, goal. Free kick, goal. Assists, uh, just incredible. I, I am, it's hard to say you're impressed with Lionel Messi given how many Ballon d'Ors he's had, how many defenders he's embarrassed, but to lift a whole team, not just an individual performance, lifting the whole team and making everyone around raise their game to another level, Joseph Martinez in particular, Robert Taylor in particular, Benjamin Kramaski, 
It's so impressive. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, Charlie, I am. Um, Huh? You know, Charlie, I, I was watching um, the pre-match pregame with um, Joseph Martinez playing the balls to Messi. So they were both hitting long balls to each other. And Messi, a dime every single time to Joseph Martinez. Joseph Martinez's balls were to the left every time, to the other player. And all I could think of was, if I was Joseph Martinez, the pressure that I would feel <laughs> in that moment, like, to get it to him. Messi was even like, like, I'm watching from up, 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 up in the stands, the pressure to perform for him, for all the players around him. They probably want to impress him more than they ever wanted to impress Tata Martino or any other coach they've ever had. Joseph's catching strays here. <laughs> <laughs> he took headshots for that one. Bending that way, bending this way. I, I just want to say, Charlie, are you not going to actually put a little bit of uh, attention to the fact that Tata Martinez, the manager he's worked with, come in there? Busquets and Albi in the team of as well? Of course. But we're talking about you don't think that makes Messi. a difference. We're talking about Messi, though. Of no, course, I'm it not, makes wait, a difference. I'm not disputing. I'm not disputing. Yes. The talent that Messi has, but okay. I'm saying having the likes of Busquets coming in there and Alba and a manager you've worked with makes a big difference. Ronaldo's got some decent teammates now too. To, to, to be fair, he's playing with Sadio Mane and yeah. Brozovic. Would we be having this conversation if Phil Neville was still in charge and it was only Lionel Messi that came to Inter Miami? I, I don't think they would have you gone on this run of success. I, I think it's it's the whole the answer, it's everything. Charlie? It's everything. The, the whole yeah. picture has made this work. It's Busquets. It's Alba. It's Messi. It's the young under twenty two initiative signings. It's the club stepping up, and it's Tata Martino kind of being in. If you're doing a Venn diagram, Messi, <laughs> MLS. There's one person in the middle, and Tata Martino has managed to make this work. He's affected everyone, hasn't he? In yes. the most positive of ways, Leo Messi uh, and Ronaldo as well. You how? Amazing. You can watch Ronaldo and Messi still play on Paramount+. Plus. Another plug for you, Charlie. Now I'm doing your job for you. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you. Uh, OK, we've got so much more to come uh, here on Morning Footy. We're going to talk about the European qualifiers next here and what we can look forward to with today's matches. We'll be right back. Hi, welcome back to... Hi, welcome back to Morning Footy presented by Degree. It won't let you down. Here's a look at today's uh, Europa League qualifiers. You've got Luda Goretz in, uh, in action against Ajax. Then later on, Dinamo Zagreb against Sparta Prague. Sheriff also playing as is Olympiakos. A lot of good matches to look forward to. Uh, what about Ajax, though? Because it's interesting that we're seeing them in the Europa League qualifiers, isn't it? When they've been such a force in the Champions League over the past couple of years. Last season was far from their best in the Edivisie. They weren't even in the title race come the home stretch. It has to be much better for them this year. Do you think it will be? I think it will be. I think with Ajax, there are always ups and downs because they are a selling club, yeah. along with Borussia Dortmund, probably the most prolific selling club in the world. So you have your manager taken off you by Manchester United. You have Anthony taken off you. You have Lissandra Martinez taken off you. You have Ryan Gravenberg taken off you. Sebastian Haller taken off you. These are fundamental pieces in the team. And yes, in theory, Ajax have the money. They have the academy. They have all the resources there to at least compete in the Dutch league. But you are always going to go through waves. There was that team that made the Champions League semifinal a few years ago. Then they get stripped for parts and they have to go again. That's the life cycle of being Ajax. But still a bit surprising that they weren't better with bringing players like Stephen Bergvine in last year that they didn't at the very least compete for the title. It must be a weird feeling to be an Ajax fan because on one hand you're getting all these, you've got an amazing scouting department, you're getting all these amazing players in and then pushing for big moves to other European clubs. So it feels like you're two steps forward, one step back all the time in some ways. But that's what we've seen from Ajax 
for decades. They produce talent. It's a machine. It's a factory. I actually went to IX um, for a trial in, in 2006, and I got a chance to see what that was like. Training every day, how it's 24-7, living uh, with a host family. And, and I just, I was in so impressed with how they treat their youth and how the football education is all about playing forward and creativity and, and just the intelligence of the game, understanding tactics and, and the technique is always top from every single player. So it's not, a, it's not a coincidence that they're always competing and they're always selling the top talent because it's an investment and they just reproduce, they continue to develop top players yeah. year after year. I mean, listen, from, from many, many years, Ajax has, Ajax has always been famous of being the academy, the number one academy that dominated Europe for many years to come. And it was the technical aspect. They produce some of the best technically gifted football players in Europe. There's so many names that have come through the Ajax Academy that people don't even know, like Yossi Ayoum was an Ajax Academy graduate. And you talk about back in the day, you talk about the likes of like Overmars, Seedorf, that the great players have come through that academy. But in recent years, I'll probably say the biggest loss to Ajax recently for me, I think is Eric Ten Hag, the manager. I think how he changed and turned them around to what he made them become. Now him being at Manchester United, it seems like that leadership has gone and they've kind of lost their way and they haven't found the right manager to go in and work to the system of what they've built. Which is a bit of a shame in some ways, because if you think of, of all the great players they've had over the past couple of years, if they could just hold on to them and, and hold on to Eric Ten Hag, they would be one of the teams in the Champions League easily, wouldn't of they? Of course, they would have. But, but you're, I mean, ultimately you're fighting the resource money battle. The Dutch Eredivisie does not allow you to sustain a budget on the level of a big Premier League club, a big Champions League club. That's ultimately, every. there is a hierarchy of football. And, and for me, it's interesting to see American clubs enter this market. You think of New England, for instance, selling George Petrovic. You're part of a hierarchy. Yeah. And ultimately, there is a club on top. If you're not the club on top, you have to sell. It's just a part of the reality. You just have to go again. They're, unapolo they're unapologetic for it. They, that's the club. That is their format. That is their blueprint. It's their business we bring model. talent. We sell them. We bring someone else in. You know, we don't dwell on it or cry and spilt milk. We try and compete as high a level as we can. But this is what our DNA is. We bring the best talent and we sell them. Or we get foreigners who are super young. Uh, Luis Suarez being one of the players that came through uh, the Ajax. And you just think, man, if this Mohamed Kudus right now is, is yeah. a top player, he's going to be sold for a lot of money, the um, Ghanaian. I, I just think that what they have done, why, why change that? Yeah, they can still compete. To, win, to win, given win a trophy in Europe? Yeah, but it's, 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 it's the They've already done it. So it's not like... Yeah, they, but just because you've already done it, you don't want to do it again? No, if, yeah. you, if, you, if you can sell Edson Alvarez for 38 million euros, Jurian Timber okay, for 40 million euros... Okay, but you're a fan euros, of this club, Charlie. Are you yes. really caring about the financials? I, I, I don't... I could care less what, Probably what, they're what happens. That's the thing. It's, it's a business. It's a business. The yeah. They've seen it, though, but they're realistic to it. But as a fan, what I'm saying is you don't really care that much about the business side. If you're looking at Ajax, you think, man, it's such a shame that we've let those list of players that no. you've rattled off leave. You're happy. Oh, come on, Charlie. No. You, you, you develop you're right. talent you and you're ready, for the, you're, ne you're ready for the next cycle to come through. And no, that's what the no. okay, so Ajax okay, so come about, to expect. What about Arsenal then? Say Arsenal, mid-table Premier oh. League team, but they've got all these amazing talents coming through but the youth system. But they're not. And then they're just going to sell them the off. Case. Sell them off. But that's You'd be frustrated. What's the case? Arsenal, let's away. No, but, that, but that's Brighton at this very moment in time. Brighton, all, all their best players, they go to Chelsea, they go to Arsenal, they make tons of money, and then they turn them over. And the idea is to do it again. And eventually, maybe you will okay, hit a financial point. 
Brighton are competing in Europe. Brighton are actually right. pushing and to play Colin. The There's a difference. But, but what Poppy is saying is, well, then why not keep Moises Caicedo? If, if you're in Europe, you want to go. You, you have to let them go because ultimately you're not on that place in the hierarchy, right? No, but you have a, to there's a, there's have a, a place where eventually you are. There's a difference between having a system in place, producing players and selling, but still wanting to stay high and compete. That's what Ajax Brighton does. Are competing. That's what Ajax does. Ajax is not competing at a level where they should be with the talent they produce. Because if they if they they were last year, they, they would be in the Champions years, League at least. It's a life cycle. The I'm just saying, I'm glad that I'm not That's an Ajax fan because I'd be so frustrated. Yeah, I'd be like, keep our players. I don't really, you know, the financials is one thing, but I want to see this best team. So are you happy uh, with Nottingham Forest, or are you? Yeah, are you don't sell anyone. I don't. I, I'm not trying to bring in millions of dollars to this club. Let's but stay in the it, Premier League. I mean, in theory, though, if, if you're a club like Nottingham Forest, that is your way forward. You look at Aston Villa. Aston Villa, okay, are, are, they're in you, European football right now. They sold Jack Grealish, yeah, and now they've taken a step forward. Are you replacing right. those players, though? Okay, he's the exception. To I sell, don't think he's the exception. I think, I think that's the way forward. If you're a club and you're not Manchester City, you have you have all the money in the world to spend. The only way for me to take steps forward is to sell players for big fees and then bring two or three more that then you don't. can take steps forward. You, you Villa did not have the point to in selling sell them. Jack Reelis, but if people offer you silly money, you're going to take it. Let's be real. Chelsea was offering silly money but, for players. Enzo Fernandez is not a player that was worth over 100 million. But, 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 Jack, but Aston Villa with Jack Reelis... You're not going to turn that down as a business Aston Villa with Jack Reelis were never higher than mid-table. And, and, and you would say, right, let's keep him, let's keep him, we have to keep him. They've taken a step forward because Does they sold them. You know, they're West taking a step forward. West, West Ham right now. doesn't always happen. West Ham right West now. West Ham, they're, they're going to, they sold Declan Rice, and the goal is you get three or four players that can not only fill in for Declan Rice, but then maybe add more to your team, and then you take a step forward. And you go again and again and again. I can't maybe believe you're time. saying Aston Villa took a step forward from selling Jack Greenwich. They Aston have. Villa took a step they have arguably taken a step forward. They bought in a manager that knows what he's doing and knows how to manage a team like that. That's why they took a step forward. Plus, four あんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあんまりやらないあん
Honestly. Just killed Clint. I'm sorry. It wasn't that badass call versus England. It was a sick. That was awesome. Dub Can I kick it? You was really pop, lock and dropping in the locker room. Like, you were obsessed with that, bro. What do you mean? I wasn't obsessed. I did it one time. Man, you just did it the other day in Vegas, bro. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Boy named Clint. These haters, they got me banned. Everybody know I rap like 50 Cent. Can I kick it? Get Charlie out of here, bro. Drink. You just decided to come say what's up. Yeah, because you guys are good people. So family is family, so you're part of the family. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Well, this just looks absolutely fantastic, Chuck. I, like many, cannot wait for kicking it to debut September 20th, streaming on Paramount Plus. Kay Abdo, Clint Dempsey, Moadu, and you, Charlie, with a bunch of guests sitting, chatting. What can we expect? How much are you looking forward to it? It was a big reaction as well yesterday on social media. Vibes. Uh, and you saw a, a lot of people talk about the show and, and it being authentic. And what does that mean? It's, it's just real. The chemistry with, with the group of Kate Abdo, Clint, Mo, and myself, like we, we saw that at CONCACAF in World Cup qualifying. We've just had this experience off the field together, sharing those memories in the locker room, on the pitch, you know, and then carrying that over to this, this career in media. And Kate is just, the best when it comes to navigating these conversations. And the guests have been incredible. I mean, Josie Altador to Thomas Rongen to uh, Matt Turner and then the GOAT, Thierry Henry. Right? Which so, he surprised you? You didn't know he was coming? Completely surprised. And wow. I had talked to him earlier in the day. I was like, man, it be, would have been great to have you and, and, and hang out. And he's like, you know, I got to spend time with my family. But I'll see you real soon. No way. Like, I was thinking, what does he mean by real soon? You talking <laughs> like next month or a couple? And he pops up literally 30, 30 minutes later. So I think what was so great about this show is we didn't really know what to expect. What, what, what is it? And it's everything. It's a podcast. It's a, it's a studio show. And it's just real. It's just conversations. And I think everyone's just so open and honest that you, you're almost encouraged to share these stories that haven't been told before. Right. And I think that's what was been, has been so special about it is because I've learned things about Clint that I didn't know. I learned things about Mo and, and Kate that I hadn't known. And we, have, we always have these deep conversations, but it, it's, uh, I mean, I, I just think I'm grateful to be a part of something like that. Yeah, the operative word for me is share, right? That you guys have a shared experience of having played, of having done remarkable things in your career. And I'll be honest, when you talk to people like me, I don't have that shared experience. And so I do think some of the most compelling shows that we see now are the ones where athletes are getting together and say, oh, I did, oh no, I did this, and then I did this. And then ultimately we as viewers who have no access to your world get to learn more about it because you guys are bouncing off of each other and getting to, to bring to the viewers your shared experiences and kind of in a calmer vibe and and you're able to bring something that we don't get to hear much about well i think it's just being able to humanize players former players and you know some of the things that we have to go through that are never 
put out into the media that people don't understand what it means to be a successful professional athlete, how to get to becoming a professional athlete, some of the hurdles that we have as youngsters that we don't share, and also the dynamic of our fathers pushing us, encouraging us, um, not really being affectionate and, and having those, you know, no, sometimes I conversations that you typically see. It, it's, it's a different dynamic and, and getting into that. I mean, we went deep. When I say we went deep, it turned into like us talking about players performing in Europe, Americans abroad right now currently to all of a sudden I'm, I'm talking about, and Thierry's talking about his development as a youth. And man, I, I'm, Wait till you hear some of the stories. And Matt Turner was incredible as well. Just he's talking about breaking into Arsenal potentially, and here he is starting at Nottingham Forest. So, I mean, what, what, what were your thoughts seeing us together? Nah, it's great. It's 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 it's, all, it's being authentic self. That's the big thing. And the thing about something like that is not everyone's story is the same. You know, there's many different people from different backgrounds who grew up without their father, who their mother was the breadwinner and the, the house like. So there's so many stories that you could share. But it's just how willing are you to share those stories? And then, you know, it's a, it's a way to get at them and make them feel comfortable to be able to share those stories. And I imagine, Charlie, when you guys were doing those shows in New York during, during CONCACAF, it, these were sorts of conversations you had in the green room. And there's always, you try and bring that how we are natural selves to the screen. And sometimes it's hard because of the artifices of television, right? You're doing TV, we're mm -hmm. performing right now. But if you kind of drop the veneer, you let your guard down, you can just talk like friends. Well, I mean, the, the whole Thierry conversation, that was unexpected. There was no plan. And we went all over the place. And I think that's what was so incredible about us because we're all so tight that we can have those honest and open conversations. And so that, that's kind of the foundation now. So everyone kind of gets an idea of what we're trying to do. And that's just have fun, mm -hmm. hanging out. And wherever the conversation goes, I love that. We're, we're and I cannot wait to see all the amazing, epic guests that you have on as well. We're really looking forward to the show debuting uh, in September, September 20th. You can catch it on Paramount+. Plus. Stay with us, though. We've got a bunch of European qualifiers coming up for you today on Paramount+, Plus, including Rapid Vienna hosting Fiorentina. That one available for you on the Golasso Network. Just before we go, though, should we just give a quick shout-out to Nigeria Coca's outfit? West African garments in the house. Looking very Respect. good. You promised. Nice. So you delivered. I did promise, mate. But uh, I'm going to give you a shout out for you uh, smelling David Beckham. <laughs> How was that experience? <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I interviewed uh, Jorge Mas and David Beckham before the League's Cup final. And after he left, I, did, I muttered under my breath. I go, he smells great. And someone overheard me. He's like, wait, what did, what did you just say? And I mean, it was, it's undeniable. And a shout I'm not out surprised. David Beckham is the great. So of course he's going to smell great. Bobby, we've also got a shout out to Gambia for winning the Jollof Rice competition. And shout out to Charlie's dad, Love Kofi. That, Charlie. I'm giving a Charlie's shout out to Susanna Collins as well. Because she wore a pink suit yesterday. I thought I'd match her with some Miami love. She'll be back tomorrow with the boys. We'll see you then.